0: You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective podcast network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation.
1: This is John Mueller and you've been listening to the Grolix podcast.
2: Oh, Man, that was awesome. awesome. So uh, he's been so quiet this whole time, in my dog I, wait that was, in on the ID. He came in right at
1: the end. It was like, <laughs> 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 But it made it more awesome. Because it was such a serious ID.
0: All right. Uh, this is Randy.
3: This is Melanie.
0: And this is Jesse. Now, earlier, earlier, I believe it was this month, I think our last episode, we talked about uh, a, a book that Jesse introduced us to called Oink Heaven's Butcher. Mm-hmm. And we enjoyed this book quite a bit. And at the time, we didn't even realize there was a Kickstarter going on to mm-hmm. fund a very nice looking uh, set, a uh, hardcover edition of the book and we're super excited to have john it's pronounced uh mueller correct that's correct
1: yes yes
0: very excited to have john mueller here to talk about that and all kinds of other stuff uh Mm -hmm. how's it going
1: very good very good very good uh thanks for uh having me on that's uh i did you know it's cool that you guys were just talking about the book and somehow we connected on in the twitterverse and yeah it's great to be here Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i was really excited how it how it worked out that way yeah um because I, I like, yeah, we, we didn't even tag you when we did the episode. It was just totally like, hey,
3: Twitter is an amazing thing.
0: It kind of, yeah, it really is. I enjoy it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it affords us awesome opportunities like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, so for people who don't who don't know, you wrote and illustrated uh, Oink Heaven's Butcher. Um, originally, it was released in '95.
1: Oh yeah, that sounds like a long time ago. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, this is a really old book. Um, yes, ni- 1995. It was published originally by Kitchen Sink Press.
0: Then recently, you uh, released the, um, I guess you could call it remastered. That's what. Yeah, a lot of people call it the remastered
1: edition. Um, you know, I think that uh, it's you know it's sort of a I don't know it's a reboot whatever. It's sort of like just going back and re- re- setting the foundation for myself so that I can make new books. And, um, you know, the series was the, really the first thing I'd ever done professionally. And, um, I'd been away for a very long time and, uh, I just wanted to kind of reset, reset the, the button with that book. Um, mostly because the book had been out of print and it had, um, picked up a following, um, over the years, the many years. And, um, they, you know, people ask me would often ask me what I was doing with it, and um, so this is kind of an answer to that.
3: I'm I'm kind of excited. I would like to read the the remastered vers- version because we read the other, and Jesse read the new one, and just from the little bits that we saw that were different, I'm excited to to read the other also. That's interesting.
1: So yeah, I wasn't sure if you guys had read the if you guys had were discussing the original, which was published, you know, long time ago or if you were discussing the recent version which was which i put out recently so it sounds like you guys were discussing the older like somebody had found the older book like hey i found this little comic and it came up in a discussion on your
0: podcast well we we kind of we discussed both actually um because yeah jesse had picked up the new version and and that's how we had found out about it Um, i actually i i judged the book by the cover i uh was looking through
2: solicits for upcoming trades and uh the cover was so striking, and I read the solicit. You know, uh, oh, nice. seeing that it was re- you know being remastered, and I thought right. this looks great, and I bought it. I bought it based on that alone, and well, then think- flipping through it, you know, I knew that it would be something that would be uh, up Randy's alley for sure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. That's kind of where we got here, yeah.
0: Yeah, he suggested it. So we went digging for, for a copy, and we found the old ones, older yeah. older prints. and uh, sure. So we, we kind of started discussing it. On the show, I think. On the show, up until the point where Jesse started talking about sections, and we're like, um, I don't think ours had that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then we do discuss <laughs> hey, kind what? of – <laughs> <laughs> we did discuss kind of the uh some of the differences too
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah there,
1: there's there's quite a few differences um between the editions. so i i had spent a few years doing this sort of like in my downtime uh i make video games for a living my current project called uh, bedlam uh it's uh by my own little independent studio um so my my life right now is all sort of crowdfunded projects and which is great i love it it's all sort of my own creator own stuff and which is kind of how I started. I started out as, as sort of really believing in this, this the, the sort of creator-owned movement, which happened in the in the mid '90s, and that was my direction for for quite a while. Um, and I kind of got derailed off that um, by just life, and then uh, I'm finally back at it after many years of being away.
0: I don't know if it was a blog post or what we I'd come across, but it was uh, about I believe it was a uh, blood and circus. Uh-huh. Um, basically, where you you it seemed like um, the company you were re- pu- that was going to publish the book was was folding, and you had to rush to finish finish it in order to get it released.
1: Yeah, yeah th- that was uh, that was around. So I had done a, a follow up to Oink uh, called Blood and Circus, which you can still find. Like if you go on eBay, um, it's not in print though at all. I mean, it's a it's a it was a full like ninety six page graphic novel that I followed up point with um and because i always kind of envisioned this as a three-story series and um i, I never really got to finish it but um that uh the 98 version of blood and circus um is still out there uh there was only about i think twenty thousand 20, issues that were printed and they're still floating out there you know and you'll see them pop up if you go if you're to pick up heaven's butcher it's kind of pricey on ebay but you can pick up um Blood and Circus for, for pretty cheap because I think a lot of people just, you know, it's just never, it never got collected into a TPB. It, it just kind of got put out and then the publisher was shut down and that was it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it was a pretty interesting story, at least, you know, at least from my perspective, because um, I, I, you know, when I finished the book, I was sort of a lot of great expectations about it because it was my best work. Heaven's Butcher actually had quite a pick up at the time and it was doing well. And I, you know, there was a lot of feeling this was going to be sort of like, you know, the beginning of, a of, a of something with, you know, like following up my, my original book. And, um, uh, but the way that the way that it happened was sort of like, you know, great expectations, you know, publisher had some financial problems, went out of business and which quickly transferred to me having a lot of financial pro-
2: my, problems, yeah, uh,
1: which, uh, drove me, uh, into, Another passion of mine, which is video games. And so really, you know, a whole career in comics, you know, kind of just went by the wayside very sort of suddenly for me, because that was my that was my direction was was comics. Um, And I would always envisioned that I would have a shelf full of books that I had created. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, one day you wake up and realize 20 years has gone by and I have one book. Uh, and, um, but it's a book that, that got out there and had, had a following. And so I wanted to get it back into print and that was sort of the, the, the basis for me going back and doing this, doing this work.
0: Yeah. That kind of, that quickly brings me to something else I wanted to, to ask you about. You mentioned you had other kind of like, um, other oink stories you wanted to tell. And yeah. then do you also have like, would you like to do more comic, comic book work beyond that? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I, I have. I mean,
0: I, I love. I you know, I love comics.
1: I mean, it's my, it's my, it's my. If I could probably just do one thing, it would be comic books. Um, but I, you know, un, you know, say, unfortunately, uh, it, you know, it's not a simple thing for me to do that these days because of the, this, this sort of, you know, just the reality of the the marketplace for an artist like myself, you know, there's not really a huge market for kind of, you know, oddball stories that I do. And, and, um, you know, but I, I kind of feel, feel like now there's more of a market than there was, you mm-hmm. know, sure. there's, there's more distribution opportunities. It's kind of like my, you know, why I've gone to Kickstarter with a lot of my projects because you know, when I pitch my projects to, you know, executives or corporate folks, you know, there's sort of a lot of like,
4: hmm, okay,
1: you know, sure. there, are there any superpowers involved, you know, or is there is there, you know, is there something like something else that we can market it like? And, you know, like in the case of Bedlam, uh, which is my video game or the case of Oy, they weren't really any there, there wasn't a comparable, you know, there wasn't really like, it's like, no, it's just my sort of crazy little story idea thing and uh, but I really, you know I want to put a ton of work in it and make it awesome <laughs> yeah.
4: mm-hmm. but that, yeah. Doesn't
1: yeah. Really, that doesn't really, you know matter you know, <laughs> when, when people are <laughs> looking at financing something, so right. um, but it does when you do with, on Kickstarter, the great thing about that is that people can hear your story and they can make their own decisions so I now I just go directly to people and instead of of instead of publishers and, and folks like that. And I, I see if, if they're interested and, and they have. Been.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think crowdsourcing and, um, and well, just the internet in general and, you know, like web mm-hmm. comics and other, and just sites where people can, can get a, an idea of what people are doing has made a big impact mm-hmm. on well a lot of different um, arts, but comics. Yeah. I,
1: mm-hmm. You know, with, with, with comics, I am sort of inspired by, um I'm somewhat sort of friendly and, Soccerish way with uh ben templesmith who's um uh you know of course 30 days a night was kind of one of his oh, big sure. mm-hmm. titles but he also uh has been funding a lot of his projects on kickstarter um and he recently did uh dagon which was a retelling of a, of an old um what's his name uh, the guy who wrote cthulhu mythos oh lovecraft um, mm-hmm. yeah it was an old lovecraft story that had gone into sort of public domain and and uh um, and Ben is kind of redoing that. But, you know, if you look him up on Kickstarter, you see he's done about four, pro- or he's done a few projects now and that have all been really successful. And sort of every project is sort of built on the previous success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's sort of the model that I'm looking at for graphic no- novels because he and I are somewhat similar in the sense that we are both sort of artist writer type guys who usually take longer than normal on books um, because we do everything mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's more about building a kind of a, a kind of building an audience that kind of comes back for more. Hopefully, you know, that they, they, they read something you do and they like it. and Then, you know, um, the next campaign, they come back and, and support that as well. So
4: mm-hmm.
1: that's sort of the hope with, uh, you know, right now, Oink is uh, um, it's about I think it's like 260 percent funded on Kickstarter. So, you know, I started out with a pretty modest goal. I'm not really sure what kind of response I would have. You know, of course, the IP has been a for a long time, um, you know, and uh, but people showed up, you know, they really uh, they really, you know, I was I was actually really surprised, you know, I was like, wow, mm-hmm. it It's like, really field,
2: like Field of Dreams if Field of Dreams was not about baseball but instead a dystopian it's, future That,
4: <laughs> that
2: is a dystopian future, Field of Dreams yes, It really it is. is, like, you know, I have
4: a
1: little <laughs> apocalyptic world that I want to build and nobody cared until they actually, I was a you know, just I'll show you some of it, and then if you like it, I'll I'll make more. That's
0: kind of it. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
1: So yeah, field of drinks. I like that.
0: <laughs> show them, and they will come. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like I said when we talked about it, we we didn't we were not aware of your Kickstarter for going on. Um, yeah, and so I was I was super excited. I wasn't even aware that I was alive. Like, what? Really? <laughs> <A> lot? <laughs> <laughs>
4: this
0: was a long time ago. I thought you were dead. Well, no, <laughs> no, no. We were. I mean, we were. We. We, we remember the 90s. We remember the 90s. It was The 90s. Yeah. It was like that's the 1900s, isn't it? That was
1: the 1900s. Yeah. He was alive in the 1900s, yes.
0: yes um, <laughs> no, yeah, we're 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 from then. Yeah. <laughs> that's one way to put it. We're we're not we're not I usually try to
1: get that out of the way first. I'm like, are you from the 1900s because now we can really talk. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. We we can identify
0: we remember <laughs> when music
2: came on two sides of a media. Yeah, each side means something to us. Yeah, we,
1: we remember what it was like when things were like analog. Mm-hmm. You
2: know? yeah. <laughs> I was kind of surprised uh, that this slipped my attention back then too. That was the other thing. It Was like, how did I miss this? Because I would have loved to read this when this came out.
1: Mm. Oh yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like it was. Uh, it was still pretty fringe even then, you know, Mm -hmm. it just, you know, but it did well. Like, I think the first, I want to say that the first, um, you know, it was printed originally as a, as kind of floppies. And then, um, they did a trade paperback and the trade paperback really caught people's eye because it was, it's kind of how I intended it to be. It was a graph, you know, a graphic novel. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we, I think there's only like about 5,000 copies out there of that. I don't think they ever did a second printing. so it was like they did 5,000 copies Those sold out, and then we, I think we were getting ready to do a whole new thing with it, and then it just, of course, kitchen sink just went south. So they were a great, great publisher. They, they had some awesome books, and they were really supportive of some crazy ideas. you know like they had me, they had um, Mark Schultz who does who is doing Xenozoic Tales. Um, a beautiful book. If if you're, you know, if you're familiar with Mark's work, you're like, Oh yeah, he's amazing. No, he's, he's one of those guys, you know, he's like like just very slow and steady and just keeps doing his thing and and immensely talented. Um, They had Charles Burns, Black Hole series, which was really uh, beautiful. And and, um, of course the Crow books were really cool. And they had some great artists um, that were working with them at the time. Um, Alex Malieve got, I think his start there on that Crow story. Um, you know Alex Maliev, who went on to do Daredevil for, uh, a, I mean, he's gone on to do a ton of stuff. But um, sure. he got he started there. Charlie Adler uh, did the uh, the Wild Justice series uh, for the Crow, and Charlie, of course, went on to uh, the Walking Dead, I believe. Um, and you know, you know a lot of other things. So they, they, you know, it was it was one of those sort of like really kind of art house publishers. They had a lot of great talent, but those kinds of books just. You know they did create their own stuff, and you know that stuff was really high risk um, because sure, and that was you know, the
2: time when Marvel was kind of saturating the market wasn't wasn't it
1: I mean, yeah the, the, and there wasn't really you know distribution isn't what it isn't what it is today there just wasn't as much um, opportunity for these kinds of books uh, um, as there is uh, I think nowadays just you know I think that places like Kickstarter and just in general the internet has just opened up the world. You know, anybody anywhere can get something like this on Amazon or, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's a lot of distribution back then it was pretty much just like you had to go to a comic shop. If you did, didn't go to a comic shop, there's just, there's, you just wouldn't find this stuff. So.
0: Mm. How did, I mean, obviously you've been working on, uh, the new version of Oink for, for a long time. How did the, uh, release through, was it Dark Horse? How did that come about?
1: Um, so the, yeah, the, the. I released the trade paperback through Dark Horse um, because I I, th- I think initially you know the the plan was to always like I'm just going to slowly work on this thing and, and when it's done I'm going to I'm going to bring it to Kickstarter but I didn't really have a plan like I just started working on it I'm like I don't know I'm just working on this because like you know my life is somewhat you know felt like it was sort of falling falling apart creatively and this was sort of a way for me to recenter myself. Um, and, uh, I started working on it. And then at some point, somebody, I believe it was, um, I'm friendly with Joe matter. I believe Joe introduced me to one of the editors at dark horse. I believe he gave me an email and said, you should e- email this guy and show him what you've done. And, uh, you know, they might be interested. And, uh, I, uh, messaged, uh, Daniel Chabon at dark horse, um, and, you know, he liked the project, you know, I'd, I'd finished about a third of it at that point, And he saw it and was like, wow, I really like this a lot. Let's do it. Um, and I, I was sort of like, really? You know, and then it got serious um, for me because I, I didn't really have a timeline at that point. And so I kind of like worked on it in my spare time um, over a number of years. And then I did the bulk of the work in the last 12 months, really. Not the last 12 months, but in about 12 months um, when when Dark World first got involved, that's when I was like, alright, I need to do a page a week, you know, because I was working a full time job, and mm-hmm. uh, I was just like, basically, my weekends were, my nights and weekends were just working on the book.
3: Yeah, I always think that, I'm I, well, actually, I know about myself. I like to do things, but unless I have a reason to, to get it done, yeah. I'll just, yeah. uh, you know, I'll take forever.
1: Yeah, it was, it was nice to have it. They kind of, it helped me focus myself mm-hmm. on it because, you know, like, I would. I, didn't have a timeline. I didn't have anything. But once I signed a contract which said I would be done with this in twelve months, it was very <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah yeah sure
1: you know sure 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 I can do sixty paintings in twelve months no problem
3: oh wow oh geez
1: yeah <laughs> uh, and you know my my job at the time was not really a uh, it was sort of I was working in video games but my the company I was working for was kind of falling apart. So, um, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, I, kind of think of Oink as like, Oink is a, is a project for anybody out there who ever had a crazy idea and just thought this will never happen, (laughs) you know, like you can make it happen. You can make your idea happen. There's, if I can make this happen, you can make whatever your idea is come about, um, as hard as it may seem or whatever obstacles people face. I know a lot of people have creative projects that they kind of tinker on and they have hopes and dreams for. And, you know, if Oink is anything, he is a hero of that concept um, because I had pretty much all but given up on my life in comics and graphic novels and and uh, really, you know, somewhat sort of, you know, it was just, you know, the, the, you know, my career had not really gone sort of to plan. It kind of went off the rails a little bit. And um, it's just, it's great that I'm where I am now because it's sort of all somehow how it came back into focus, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, Oink is, is back out and doing well. And, and, you know, my, my independent game project was well received and, and, uh, that, that's shipping in, the, in, in, uh, September. Um, so, you know, um, if, yeah, was it the apocalyptic field of dreams? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bedlam is my video game and it's actually connected to Oink. It's, it's the universe of Oink is, this is, sort of fictional land in my head called Bedlam and um, I made a video game about it called called Sky Shine's Bedlam which is the, the group of guys that I work with and um, it's it's uh, it's a it's a post apocalyptic sort of ftl if you if you play video games it's it's like ftl sort of uh, term that people call a roguelike game mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's very it's very much influenced actually by my earliest influences which were guys like um Mo- And Jeff Darrow. So if you look at that project, you'll see artistically, it doesn't look anything like it looks like sort of somebody who was influenced by a lot of stuff in the 80s, which is which was me. Mm -hmm.
3: I was I was going to ask if since you're involved in in both mediums, if you would have like some ever plan on doing some kind of a crossover thing where there's there's, um, you know, a video game world that goes along with, Mm -hmm. you know, a Mm -hmm. set of comics.
1: Yeah, well you know that's sort of always been my plan you know it's my two great loves is video games and comics and and unfortunately the industries don't really talk much they're like sort of like these like you know you'd think that there'd be more connections than there are but yeah. um, mm. there's really not you know it's like usually whenever i i i don't know it's like i don't know why theres there isn't there aren't more connections there i mean i think like telltale games did the walking dead series and uh it's come out great you know it's it's awesome you know it's yeah. really good mm. it's if, if you haven't played it. Um, and, you know, I think that for me, like people have, you always, it seems like every few years people try to crack this nut of interactive comics, motion graphics and things like that. And yeah. I, I, to me, this is what like, the, this is sort of like the, like video games are the ultimate version of that. You know, like, you know, it, it, if you just take all the things in a video in a, you know, if you take the art style you see in a comic book and, you just build everything, the game around that. Um, it's, it's a really, it's, it really celebrates comics and everything about comics. So mm-hmm. like when people see Bedlam, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I get a lot, it's funny because I get a lot of attention in video games because people are like, it's this awesome comic book inspired video game. It looks just like a comic book, book you know, <laughs> but nobody in comic books will cover it or talk about it with me. You know, I'm like, I'm like, why don't you guys want to talk about video games? It's like, you know, cause it's, mm-hmm. it's, I just think I don't know why I I can't I can't bridge the two things they're like divorced parents. It,
0: there is kind of an there yeah there is kind of an odd gap there even in the fandom not that the people that read comics don't play the video games cuz oftentimes I think they do um, but it's like people choose one over the other to talk about.
3: Yeah, it's weird. And, and, and it is to me it seems like they should go together. Yeah. Especially they go together like
0: the
1: the like it's like somebody put chocolate. John- chocolate and my peanut butter go together like Uh how dare you which is the greatest (laughs) thing ever right Uh, (laughs) and for me growing up i I just grew up on comics i grew up in an arcade and reading comic books those were the two things i did as a kid and i just always felt that they were a very natural thing but um having made my career in both industries it's sort of like um i'm uh, you know i've sort of divided my career somehow but it's just what i like to do Mm -hmm. You know, which is, I don't know. It's what I, the way I think it should be.
2: So are you saying there's hope for an Oink video game then?
1: (laughs) Well, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, there is definitely an Oink video game. Uh, Well, Oink is, Oink is in Bedlam. He's in, he's in, he's in Bedlam. So it's the same universe. It's just a slightly crazier bonkers version of the same universe. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, and it's more, it's less, it's more fun. I mean, you know, Heaven's Butcher, not the cheeriest title. I'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, just be honest, it's not. Um, but uh, Bedlam is actually something that's more... It's from the 80s. It's fun. It's like the fun version of the apocalypse.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fun apocalypse. It's <laughs> the one I want to be in. All
1: right. So when I was a kid, it was like Mad Max, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I identify with with what George Miller did recently. I think a lot of people did because... Mm-hmm. It was the original creator going back to his original thing and making a new thing of it. And uh-huh. a lot of people kind of were like, well, it's not really the same Mad Max. You know, it's like, no, it's it's George Miller's new version of Mad Max. And it's totally badass and awesome. Um, and I don't care about the, the the canon or whatever of it. You know, it's like he made it. He do whatever the hell he wants with it. And I think he I, you know, the funniest thing that came out of Mad Max was the fact that I could give a crap about Mad Max at this point. I just want a Furiosa movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 that would rock. Well, and isn't that? I mean, I think if a sequel, which there's been lots of, you know, kind of talk about, I think that would be the sequel.
1: Yeah, I mm-hmm. believe. I, I, you know, it's 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 going to be really interesting to see what he does because he is sort of like. He, I think he's one of those guys that is crazy enough to just do like I'm just going to do a Furious movie, and, mm-hmm. and then Mad Max is a sidekick in that movie, mm-hmm. you
0: know? which is almost what Fury Road really was. It really was, right? Uh-huh.
1: Like the movie was about her; it wasn't about him. He was he was a he had a cameo.
0: You know, and I like the way you look at it because I, when I initially heard they were going to do like an updated Mad Max, I was kind of skeptical. Until I heard George Miller was writing and directing it, then I was like, Oh, okay, well I'm totally on board. I wanna see what I want to see what this is. So Well not
1: only that, but he'd worked on it for like ten years, you know. So you knew it was gonna be something. You knew it was like this is gonna be different, you know. It's not gonna just be your run of the mill reboot. You know, like I think, you know, everything from the eighties, you know, like like this year it's like Jurassic World and Terminators back and Mad Max, but those are all sort of like I don't wanna to, not to disparage. But they're they're not like I don't think that they're of the you know it's not Spielberg doing Jurassic World uh-huh. you know it's somebody there they it was a, it was a really successful movie because it, it was it played to the fans but it, I don't think it was like as pure of a, of an artistic uh, motivation as something like Fury Road yeah All right
3: yeah
0: totally agree
3: yeah no they just they're like oh we got new stuff let's make some more money
1: yeah it it, <laughs> it sort really of said. felt that way it was, it was a great i mean i i love movies like that they're big they're silly movies i just i i you know i think that 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 um you know i think that like a lot of people or i don't know like a lot of people like i'm i try to balance my consumption of entertainment the same way that somebody might diet mm-hmm. <laughs> like i want to i want to have my create our own stuff that I support and back. And then I like to have my big silly movies that I go see, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Cause if, if you don't support one, you won't have the other, you know, like if, 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 if everybody just went to go see Jurassic world and you didn't, and people didn't get on, a, a, you know, go and find little pet projects that they can support. You're just going to have Jurassic world. And that's not, that's, that's like a really bad entertainment apocalypse.
2: It's yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just one Jurassic world after another, oh, you know. Yeah.
2: Wait. Everyone's there- riding or- around in those like spherical <laughs> things and then they just <laughs> bump into each other like a crazy dinosaur pinball machine.
1: Yeah. It's like <laughs> <laughs> if you talk about the movie, it sounds the same, no, It's like <laughs> but somehow they just kind of presented it and it's like, oh yeah, Chris Pratt riding on a motorcycle with dinosaurs. You know, it's like it's almost the first shot I ever saw of the movie was Chris Pratt riding on a motorcycle with dinosaurs. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like one of those things, like Sharknado, you know, like like oh come on, he's not really. I mean that's ridiculous, right? Like you yeah. know, there's no scenario where that makes sense, you know. And of course, then I saw like oh no, they're serious.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is Sharknado. It's Sharknado with dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, and now they're making Sharknado. Three and I was like, I was like, it's just going to be Sharknado. It's the Sharknado of, of, uh, of my childhood.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh man.
0: Yeah, you totally, yeah, totally nailed like my reaction to the Jurassic Park thing, Jurassic World thing.
1: I didn't see it opening. Like I waited, you know. Like I didn't. Like I was like, I'm not seeing this. Like at first, and then it just blew up, and everybody's talking about it. I'm like, all right, it sounds like a big silly movie. to see it and and so I waited and then I went in with no expectations and I came out I was like well it's sort of what I expected you know it's like I mean it's marvelous to look at but you know sort of like I just don't think about it just just you know kind of you know just don't (laughs) (laughs) so it's so pretty to look at as a movie but just don't think about it you know yeah yeah there's really not much there which is sad because it is uh, so much talent and hard work went into it, but it's not the movies of our childhood. You know, it's not. It's just re- recycling the same stuff. Um, but it's you know, it's not like an Aliens or a Terminator or a Robocop. Unfortunately,
3: yeah. So. You know what? My nephew asked me like a couple of days ago. He's like, "There's a new Terminator moving out." terminator movie coming out and i'm like yeah and he's like but you saw the other ones right and i'm like yeah he's like were they good and i'm like well some of them were good and he's like well if this one's really good you think it'll be better than all those other ones and i'm like combined no way there's it's just not possible he's like what if it's really really good i'm like it doesn't really matter Gabe, because i was there for the first one and the second one and then even the crappier ones you know and (laughs) it just can't be
1: better thing right like it's like they keep trying to sort of like you'd think Think with you know okay with technology and everything that's sort of gone by that these movies would be better than their or- originals, um, but very rarely. I mean, I think like I think that's what resonated so much. I think with Mad Max was that it actually was just as interesting as the originals, um, if not more so.
0: If not mm-hmm. more so, yeah, I would agree
1: in some ways, and and that was what was so shocking about it. It was like, holy crap, he made a genuine film in today's world. You know, Mm -hmm. where it's like he just did a two hour chase movie, which is like it's almost it's almost like an art, uh, you know, an artiste type project where it's like, you know, very little dialogue. I mean, you could almost have, you know, I was I was talking with a friend. I said, you know, it would have been brilliant if they had no dialogue in the whole movie. And it started the only dialogue was was uh, the bit where uh, uh, Furioso asked him uh, what his name is. And then he like doesn't, he grunts or something. I don't know what he doesn't respond. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, he goes, My name's Max. You know? And <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. the whole dialogue in the whole movie. Like that to me. Because the dialogue was so, was so sort of, sort of like trivial that it was almost like didn't even need to be there. And I was like, It would have been awesome if it was kind of a silent movie in a way. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. It, it didn't need dialogue. Like that would have been the true super it would it would have blown my mind it would have been my citizen game for life <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well when they were when they were hyping that movie up i i you know before even the trailers were out i heard there's a 45 minute long car chase and i was like that's insane i gotta go see this yeah and then we went and saw it and i was like there's not a 45 minute long car chase there's like a two hour long car the whole movie is the car chase <laughs> yeah it was madness yeah yeah yeah, yeah but it works, but okay. It's so hard not to like, yeah, Mad Max Fury Road. And I'm so glad you brought it up because I was, I was looking, um, reading through some of your blog posts on the Bedlam site and there was one about Mad Max Fury Road. So I'm like, Ooh, I hope we get to talk about
4: it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, that was like my, that was the movie that really defined my life, you know, sort of apocalypse, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of like, I always wanted to sort of make my own little apocalyptic universe and, and um, that's what Oink is and that's what Bedlam is. And, you know, it's sort of like, I guess what Stephen King did with, you know, and I'll say I'm a very low rent version of that, but uh, what he did with Dark Tower and, you know, he just wanted, it seemed like he just wanted to try to take all of his stories and have them tie into the same world where he could sort of, you know, have stuff cross each other's paths and, um, you know, now, that's sort of my hope is that um, over the over year, over the over the remaining years of my life I can do that.
0: <laughs> well, and as a consumer of that media and entertainment, I think as a viewer or a, or a a, a reader, um, I always appreciate when when a creator can do that. You oh know, yeah, and it works, and it's like I don't. It just adds this extra layer of cool when you're like, all this work. Belongs to the same universe. I
3: love <laughs> it. I, that's like, um, I, you know, one of my my main nerd thing is reading sci-fi books. And, and the, some of the old ones, they, they'll have like, in, like four or five books in a series in like 14 different series. But they all fit together and they all like give nods to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's... I will buy everything they ever write because of that because it's so amazing. Yeah, I think
1: it's, it's really fun as a as a as a reader or a, you know just somebody to you know like as a consumer of entertainment. I just I like I, you know I loved it when you know anytime in the Dark Tower series where you would get a glimpse of like it or a glimpse of like other parts of Stephen King's mm-hmm. stories. These characters kind of you get glimpses of them and it was really cool. You know, it's like. I mean, I, I just thought that was such an interesting idea. And, you know, as like somebody that's like who's trying to do this for a living, I just thought, I just want everything to be connected and then maybe one day it'll all make sense. Yeah. Because hmm. <laughs> it doesn't right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's time. There's plenty of time. If yeah. you build it. <laughs> I mean, really,
1: it's like, I mean, I'm just somebody that always wanted to, like, work on my own stuff and I didn't really have, like, I didn't have a burning desire to, like, work on, other people's um stories like i grew up like with like you know judge dread and and like those were my books were like judge Dredd and i was kind of a marvel kid i grew up on on a lot of the early marvel titles and um but i, did, I never really like thought i want to tell a you know a, a marvel story or i want to i want to write a story in another person's universe it just never really i didn't know how i would do it i just it, for me it doesn't feel like a natural thing like it, it um for some people i think it's a very it, it is a very natural thing it's like but for me i just never or i don't know like i was always just wanting to tell more stuff in my own voice i guess
0: mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense
1: but that's hard to make a living doing so it's not surprising that i'm you know like on the skid row in, in the world of comics you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's like well you know you didn't do anything anybody ever heard of so uh, um you know of course uh but, um, you know, but what's funny, though, you know, jokes aside, is about the, you know, for for the people that did find my books, they they they, they really appreciated them. Um, and that's what has sustained it. You know, I mean, I think right now there's about 500 people that have backed the project on, on Kickstarter, um, which is pretty significant, you know, for a Kickstarter. Uh, and, you know, that is amazing to me because it's like 500 people came up out of nowhere after twenty years and plop down their hard earned bucks. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's up around almost around forty thousand dollars now. You know, and it's starting to look like crap, I could actually do this. You know, I could just make another book and finance you know, just do this full time. That would be that would be pretty amazing. Um you know, so, so that's that's incredible to me.
2: So speaking of the Kickstarter, is there um are there levels and add-ons? Is there something uh, about the Kickstarter that that you're really excited about as far as rewards go? Um,
1: yeah, I mean the, the icon edition that I'm doing is the that's the main that's the main thing, right? It's like there's a I'm, I'm self-publishing a big format hardcover of of the book, um, you know, and for me it was really about like the presentation because you know trade paperbacks are great, but they're small and they have that glued binding so you can't you have to sort of bend them in half to actually open them and see the art the way I sort of intended it um, right and the big hardcovers, what's nice about them is you just open them and they just lie flat and you just see this this 16 inch wide landscape sort of format of these pages combined together and um, it's it's really it's really cool there was a, a one of the things that made me you want to do is that there was a, a French publisher um, called Delirium, which did their version of the, they they printed their own version of, of the book, and it was this you know really nice hardcover you know like the way they do in, in in Europe, and um and it was it really I was like this is the way I intended it you know it's like it, it was really amazing I mean it was amazing um, it was it was really good yeah I, I mean I, having worked on the book for as long as I have it's the way that I intended people to see it it's, it's Full color artwork. It's it's artwork that's meant to sort of, you know, sit in sit with you for a while. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, these are like they're 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 big paintings. Mm-hmm. You know, every page is a painting. Um, it's not just a, a sketch or a drawing with some color on it. Yeah. Um, uh. And I spent an enormous amount of time on it, so you know, I, I it's not meant to sort of you know for flip, 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 you know it's like you know I, I want people to kind of like you know have a glass of wine, sit down with a book, you know, and and that big. Hardcover format is a, is is a, is a, a great way to experience it, and so the icon edition that I'm doing on Kickstarter, it's like you know, it's signed. It comes in this really beautiful slipcase. It's got all kinds of like prints with it. It comes with the old uh, PDFs of the original books. Um, it's just got, got every you know, it's got every bell and whistle I can think of, um, including like if anybody who's interested in in working in, digitally uh, in Photoshop, because I. I did the whole series digitally, Um, and if anybody's interested in that kind of stuff, there's also like uh, I do a lot of tutorials and things like that, and people get access to all that um,
0: through the Kickstarter.
3: Awesome.
0: Yeah, that is awesome.
3: Yeah, and I would I would love to have because you you were saying the an image that would stick with you even even the small flippy versions that I got to look through there were some there were some images that I was just like wow. And had to like just stop and look at it for a little while because it's so.
0: Yeah, it definitely does have. Like, it does have. You want to pour over the page. You want to. You want to yeah. study it because it's. Yeah, it,
1: it's funny. You, you don't think it's like well, you're, it's only like you know, you know it's it's a eight by twelve, which is um, you know essentially when you open it, it's sixteen by twelve. But it's it's that 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 makes a lot of difference when you mm-hmm. when you look at it you know, you really feel like you're, you're seeing the paintings when you open up the bigger version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's, um, you know, that's sort of what the, 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 uh, uh, some of the, the base options are, of course. Then I add on all kinds of stuff like custom sketches and, and drawings that, um, that I'm doing uh, to personalize each book, um, as much as I can, you know, cause I want to make like that. I want to make the book that sits in my shelf that, it's like, it's like, it's just super personalized. You know, it's like, it's, it's to me, there's like a tipped in drawing on the inside cover there. It, you know, it just feels like when I pull it out and look at it, it's something that I'm, I'm, i like to have as a, as a collection, as something in my, I feel like in order for somebody to get space in my bookshelf these days, it has to be kind of unique. And, you know, I wanted to make a book that was really unique.
0: Mm-hmm. And as it sits, there's still, uh, from the time we're recording this, something like Eight or ten days left in the Kickstarter. I,
1: so yeah, there's about eight. You'd think I'd know. There's about eight or nine days left. Yeah, it, it ends August six. So we're we're kind of rounding the corner into the last week. Tuesday will mark the seven day. We'll have seven days left. So um, there's um, still time to uh, to to get in on it. I think it's a cool thing, and it's 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 the thing that benefits you know it, it benefits benefits me the most in the in the sense that it's direct to you know, to my backers, like there's no, there's no m- middle person or distribution. It's just me and my wife. Um, you know, she's shipping everything out. It's very much a homegrown, home- homebrewed business. Um, and so, you know, I-, I love supporting those kinds of things because it's, like, I feel like I know where, you know, I know where the money's going. You know, it's like, it's like, it's just going to go to us hopefully making more of this.
0: Yeah, that's exciting.
1: Yeah. So yeah. anyone
0: who's listening, you should definitely go check it out. Go check it out.
1: It's, it's, uh, you know, um, and, you know, my hope is that I can do uh, Blood and Circus, which is the, the follow-up. Um, and my intention for that is that Blood and Circus, I just want that to be totally bonkers. I want that to, like, take everything. You know, Heaven's Butcher is a pretty – it's an origin story of this character. And then Blood and Circus is really the first, like, arc where it's like, like oh, this is this character sort of in full bloom. You know, because he's just who he is, and now he's out out in this apocalyptic universe, running into robots and old war machines and all this stuff left over from the the, the end of the world. Because um, he just was raised in sort of like this little, sort of like almost like cult like enclave, and then he gets out into the world, and it's like it's 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 the world of Bedlam, which is just total madness. It's it's like you know thousands of years of war and and the detritus of of all of our you know uh uh you know civilizations just like you know uh uh, you know civilizations that have risen and fallen it's 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 a lot of fun um so the the sequel is really going to be more almost like my fury road almost like more just like a a really fun um ensemble type cast with lots of crazy monsters and creatures you know it's 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 going to be you know I'm all about making fun stuff these days. So, you know, Heaven's Butcher was my was my foundation. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, but now where I want to take that story is like, you know, just visually cool. You know, have the same visual stuff that I did in the original, but now just like, all right, where where can I take that in 2015 that people are going to identify with? And I'm sort of of the feeling that entertainment should be entertainment these days, and um, so that's what it's going to feel
3: like. Sweet, I'm excited. Cause he cool. uh, reading 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 um hell's butcher, I was like, well, Heavens. what did I say, hell? Yeah, it's okay. I do that all the time. Anyway, heaven, uh, uh, like hell, butcher. they're they're that's, interchangeable. Wait,
1: uh, <laughs> that's that's hell's butcher. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you mark my words. Hell's butcher is gonna happen. I'm at least gonna do a drawing of that. Hell's butcher. I like that.
3: Oh, oh nice. <laughs> wow. Um. But yeah, uh, I'm like, okay, this was great, and it was. And I'm like, now I got to see all the adventure that happens between, you know, the beginning and the end of of oh, the book. Story, yeah. <laughs> I it should be around
1: twenty thirty five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm actually. I, it's not gonna be that long. It's uh. I, I'm, I'm fully focused on this kind of stuff now, so you know, it's it's uh it won't it it won't be long. I promise. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's okay. I, I've. I've had to wait for wonderful things before. It's frustrating, but you do it when you, you do need it.
1: to. <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating. One, one yes. they just show up, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you know. It's like watching the last season of Game of Thrones. It's like you it just you're so sad it's over because you're like I gotta wait a whole year. Yep. Yeah, find to see the next season. You know, mm-hmm. that's nope. like this. One day it'll just show up, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, that
0: thing that I liked a long time ago—it's it's, 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 now—it's now back around." Yep. I was going to say this is the thing that will push Melanie to finally get a Twitter account, just so every so often you'll get a tweet: "Are you painting? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> are you sketching the next another page?"
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: uh... you know, honestly, that that kind of stuff did inspire me with this with the book. Was like just people that have kind of. You know, written me over the years. I've, i I I I correspond with them, and it was it was always sort of was inspiring and amazing to me that they gave a shit. You know, I, I I so I often say I did this this book for was for them. You know, the next one's for me, but this one was
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Nice. Very cool. Uh, um, so I have I have a couple things here that I thought I might sidetrack you with, or blindside you. I'm not sure. Um. Uh- and I'm having a hard time picking which one I want to ask you about. Uh, I think I'm going to go with this one. So how about your life as a teen model?
1: Interesting. Heartthrob. <laughs> Is
0: that what you found? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. You found, you found the heartthrob. I, I, mean, I didn't find much information. You, I, I don't even know what site it was. It was a very I short interview, you and you point, mentioned
1: like, it. Interview, yeah, as a teen, my life as a teen model. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, when I was growing up in, uh, outside, of, when I was growing up, uh, I, I did a little modeling. I did a little, like, you know, a little, it was a local, very, very local stuff in Boston. But, um, I was in, uh, I got, I got, I called in to do, um, a photo shoot for a board game that called Heartthrob. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was like. It was just, I don't know what it was. It's like shoots and ladders with pictures of boys. <laughs> <You> know, <they're laughs> like, it, was like, it was really kind of like, you know, um, teen fantasy type stuff. But uh, um, I guess it, I, I think it actually did. It was like, it got, it did kind of well. Like I had, you know, no, I didn't know about it, but um, I found, I did, I, I found the board game like years later and uh, I, I couldn't believe it. And so, yeah, I was Nick in that, in that, <laughs> and he basically got a deck of cards of, of these shots of these like you know dreamy teen guys from the 80s. And I'm one of those dudes. I'm, I'm, I'm,
3: <laughs> yeah, I have played games similar to that. I wonder if, if... You
1: might have actually played Hearthrob. Yes. Yeah, it, it, I don't think there were really that many. Uh, but um, So, yeah, maybe so. <laughs> uh, my life as a teen model. Yeah, that was... Uh, it was basically... Better than washing dishes, uh, which is what I was doing. Like it, it was like m- my mom uh, worked in Boston, and so um, she would kind of like she. It, it was kind of cool. It was like how I sort of learned how to navigate the city. I would go in for auditions and stuff, and um, and I, I just like a little bit of acting and stuff like that. And um, and I actually moved to Los Angeles when I was. I went to art school in Los Angeles, and I, I took a stab at, at trying to be an actor there. And uh, I just I just realized it wasn't it wasn't really for me. Um, it just I, you know but it, the thing about that whole thing was that struck me was like, in order for an actor to do anything, you need an audience, and that's a lot of like. What if you don't like w- when you draw, you just draw. It's like it's just fulfilling and feels good, and I love, love doing it. And but for an actor, it's like you need an audience in order to feel anything. Thing, right, like mm-hmm. it, it, if you're just reading monologues to yourself. You're a crazy person, you know.
4: <laughs>
1: um, so I, I just, I just, I just really, I, I, I think around 18 or 19, I kind of decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with this art thing, even though I was in LA. And I, and I think also because I got to know a little bit more about that world, and I was like, nah, I don't know, I kind of like this art thing more. So yeah, but I'm glad I stuck with the art. Thing. Me too. Yeah.
0: Me too.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 I would have been a I. Definitely would end on uh, uh, like a terrible uh, soap. Mo- uh, I would have probably ended up on some, you know, uh, uh, you know, horrible soap opera or something, something like that. And or a velvet and, painting. Or a velvet <laughs> painting. of some-
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I would have found a way to, to like, you know, I'm glad I, I honed my art skills because I was not that good an actor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. I had to, I had no, to. That's a great one. <laughs> you know who's an amazing, amazing actor i'm watching uh i watched true detective and matthew mcconaughey right like oh yeah like okay so acting like you know i think i don't really i don't don't know if like when you see somebody like do something like what he did in true detective you're like that is acting you know that is like it's just such an amazing performance and you realize like oh it's an actual skill Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i like it when uh, we actually watched a thing recently but when there's an actor and you don't ever think of them as the actor, you think of them as the character because they're yeah. not, they just become somebody different, and that's mm-hmm. what acting is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like well, he, you know, oh, Gary Oldman, yeah, I love
1: him. Hey, he was in who? Oh, Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, I didn't, I didn't even, I don't even think I knew there was an actor named Gary Oldman. I just knew all the characters. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Like the longest time, I was like, oh, that's a different guy. You know, like in. <laughs> Uh, what was it in the Christian Slayer movie? Um, it was so good. The it's, oh gosh, he played like the pimp. He played oh, the pimp.
0: oh. True, you know romance? True, true romance. True romance, yeah. right? And like, yeah. There's
1: like true romance, and then there's him in like in uh in in the in the you know call everyone. You know what was that? Um,
3: <laughs>
1: was that the professional? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So like, it's like totally different. Anyways. <laughs> I, I, i'm just i have a great appreciation now for 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 actual you know i think i think actors are amazing but um mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine actually doing that for a living that'd be very very hard
3: yeah oh man um sorry. sorry i like that i like that
1: tension though that' was a good one <laughs> yeah i sh- you know what that's actually a great kickstarter thing i should include a photo of uh, i should include that card in every edition
0: oh wow yeah, yeah. yeah. yes
1: I, I include my teen modeling photos with every because i have a bunch of them i could include one with every 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 card. that could
2: be a great add-on
3: for,
1: for oh the yeah. Thing. yeah be a great I, add-on like <laughs> like you know because i'm such i you know like a bearded, you know, hillbilly now, but, um, or I was <laughs> actually, I wasn't though. You have to shave my beard. Um, but yeah, if you look at me on the Kickstarter, I look like, uh, I look like I've been locked in my studio for a while. <laughs> cool. What else you got? Uh,
0: okay. Well, this one, this, am- this amused me. And I think you've talked a little bit about this on the internet. Um, but I wanted to ask you about this because it makes me think of something that Jesse and his, brothers would do when they were younger oh um, no so how about how about when how about when you were a ninja
1: oh my god my life is a ninja that was amazing <laughs> <laughs> i trained to be a ninja um for very seriously actually i mean i i put as much work into being a ninja as i would put into anything else i've ever done in life i was i think about 12 or 13 but i was really i wanted to go to ninja camp um, I was, I, 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 remember saying to my mom, I found that there was a ninja school and they called it ninja camp. Uh, it was in the back of like soldier fortune magazine, which I would, you know, so it was like next to my D and D stuff. Um, and, uh, at this point, everybody was quiet. Like <laughs> 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 yes. Uh, yeah, I was pretty, you know, I don't know. It was like, do, do you guys remember who Show Kasuji is? Oh Yeah. Right so like he was like my hero when I was a kid he was like I mean and I think he was a lot of kids, kids heroes if you grew up in that in that in that weird era of like where every movie was a ninja movie yeah. and there was like this I don't know what year it was it was probably like between 86 and 80 or it was actually it was probably between like 84 and 88 the ninja was like everything it was everywhere oh, yeah. Yeah. and um and i I just I think like a lot of people I wanted to be. I, I took, I was, a, I, you know, I'm a bit of an all in kind of person. Like when I get a hold of something, I, it's like kind of like I did with art. I just bury myself in it and, and, you know, I get really intense about it. And, um, and I did that with, uh, I did that with the ninja thing. And, um, I was like, I, I was reading books on it, and I didn't really think, like, I want to I want to to kill people and be an assassin. <laughs> <I didn't>
2: really... <laughs> that's what Oink is for.
1: <laughs> yeah. More of a, I don't know. It was, like, just a like, a like, I just thought the whole thing was cool, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I was 13.
2: <laughs> I get just do karate and wear a costume.
1: Awesome. Yeah, and wear a costume <laughs> and, like, like, throw ninja stars and run around in the dark. And that, that sounds like an awesome living. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> anything else anybody has shown me for like how to make a living <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: there should um, be a
2: kickstarter for that <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm finan- yeah I would like to finance me to be a ninja that's like more of maybe a gofundme or a patreon yeah, thing Yeah, because <laughs> can- it's a long haul it's not just- yeah it's a long haul you can find my ongoing uh training um, um to go from a, a, a you know, a middle-aged white man into a badass ninja. Assassin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. That's cool. That's a fun idea. <laughs> anyway, it didn't last, unfortunately. And uh, my mom said no to ninja camp, and was mm, like, I'm "Nope, uh, you're not going to ninja camp." And I'm like, "Mom, it's in Montana with, and it's in the back of Soldier Fortune magazine. What could possibly go wrong?"
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> And, uh,
1: she, you know, my mom pretty much let me do anything I ever wanted to do. She was very, um, very, uh, supportive of my goals and dreams, but this was one where she was like, nope,
2: (laughs) you're not going to be a ninja, especially until after you eat your broccoli. Right. You got to like,
1: like just, yeah, just, just right. You gotta, you gotta eat dinner first. You can't. I'm I'm honestly surprised I did not get shot because I used to run around in my neighborhood in a ninja costume like fully armed like at, <laughs> at night climbing on people's roofs with grappling hooks I mean what world am I, am I living in? <laughs> It's amazing I did not get shot and it was and what was worse it was me and my friend that like would we would we would go out and do this together and we would put on we ordered because you could order all this crap out of the back of these kung fu magazines. Yeah, and we would we had closets full of weaponry and and (laughs) costumes and like we were like that it was just like it was basically like some adolescent version of monsters where we would just dress up and run around and just scare the crap out of each other uh, at night and probably other people.
3: I think it's just amazing you had a grappling hook. I mean,
1: (laughs) yeah, we were right. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember thinking I you know, there was some point that I remember thinking, like, I knew that my neighbor had a handgun and we're on his roof and I'm like, he's gonna hear us. Like, even though we have silent ninja shoes. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy's, what if he hears us? And I just pictured him walking out and seeing it from his perspective, two guys dressed in black with ninja swords on their backs, like he's probably gonna shoot it. Like, I like that makes sense. And, and it's amazing it didn't happen more often, to be honest. I know I wasn't the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, there's no outlet uh, back then. There was for like nerds like me, there was no outlet at all. There was no cosplay. There was no like the internet didn't exist. So, I was just this kid going crazy in this little rural town. And, um, you know, I if, if, if it were today, I would be a cosplaying. Uh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd totally be into going like, you know, the, the Comic Cons and, and Patch Primes and stuff like that. I'd be a total fanboy for, for I, th- all that.
0: I think you just confirmed that cosplay can save lives. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's save lives because that shit is going to get out regardless <laughs> of if there's a thing for it. You know, it's, people were doing that long before there was like a thing. You know, it's like, and, and, uh, yeah, it's, the, now that they have a forum, geez, I could have been winning contests and, Whatever, yeah. uh, what
2: what was your favorite ninja weapon?
1: Uh, I was a big fan of the. Uh, I liked the bow staff. I was. Oh, you... I had, a, I had a, a solid oak bow staff that I had uh, become pretty proficient with, and um, I wasn't good with nunchucks. Like a lot of people, they went for the nunchucks because they're like nunchucks were cool. But I liked the bow staff.
2: Very cool. Yeah,
1: you didn't expect such a confident answer. Which
2: uh, <laughs> no, no. You if you were serious about being a ninja, you had a weapon. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and again,
1: okay, th- all right. Here's the funny thing: I've never been in a
2: fight in my entire
1: life.
0: Because <laughs> you have Not ninja skills, single, You don't need to.
1: I, I am a 45 year old man that's never been in a fist fight at all. Like, I mean, I've been in like a tussle, but I've never been. I've never like you know punched anybody with malicious intent or anything. So I'm a, a you know, I think whatever this was when I was a kid, it was just adolescent. You know, I do think it's probably the same thing that drives like you know. Coffee cosplay and, and, you know, that kind of thing, you know, fantasy, you know, I was just, I was just a fantasy kid. You know, I, I loved, I love science fiction. I love, I read, you know, when I was growing up, I just just was inundated with science and science fiction and fantasy and there were no rules in those worlds. And so, you know, it's like, it wasn't that crazy to me. I think cool. it's cool that that culture is so positive today. There's such a positive culture around like science fiction and fantasy. And so it's like, there's tons of outlets for kids mm-hmm. to get involved with in this stuff and, And, uh, it's, I mean, it's such a cool, it's such a cool, um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's amazing that the stuff that we, that the nerdy stuff that we grew up with is now the stuff that people love. I think it's amazing to me. That just blows my mind.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's like, it it totally flipped, you know, it's not like now it's totally normal and, and accepted to kind of be slightly nerdy and, and, and to, you know, like, I like, you know, Know, sort of things like Game of Thrones or fiction or fantasy or D D role playing games or whatever. It's like all that stuff's just normal now. Mm-hmm. But you, you guys probably remember it was like there was a time where it was like this is the devil, you know? Like oh yeah, yeah. dragons <laughs> is it's evil, you know? Like <laughs>
0: it's, about, it's about it's about, about baby sacrificing and yeah, Satan yeah. Worship. yeah. yeah. It
1: was, this is this is just not normal. These kids just you know like do you remember the movie with was it a Tom Hank? Tom Hanks was in it.
2: Yeah, it was, was uh, that, Monsters and Mazes or something Monsters like that. Monsters and
1: Mazes. Yeah, that was like a made for TV movie about the dangers of role playing. Yeah.
2: Oh, it takes my- a really dark turn at the end, yeah. It's Who very knew?
1: it's very dark. Yeah, well cuz it was all about at the time people were really like seriously concerned about kids mental health and what this would do to them if they were to it, like, you know, try to live out these fantasies. Mm-hmm. Right. Like being a ninja.
2: so speaking of cosplay uh do you have like um convention appearances and things lined up
1: you know right now i don't but i'm definitely going to be doing some uh in uh 2016 for sure um i want to try there's a local one in austin i think in the fall and uh i'm you know i'm going to be doing a lot of press for my game uh coming up like, like we're going to cologne uh for the for um uh, Gamescom, and then we're going to like EGX, which is in London, and then we're we're basically taking the, the game on the road for um, a good bit, and uh, that'll probably take me up through uh, Christmas. Very cool. In, in, in 2016, I'm hoping to do more comic-related stuff um when just you know the schedule allows. Just like kind of like because I, I love those; those are a lot of fun. I. I- I did, um, uh, there's one called spectrum fantasy live, which is like a bunch of fantasy artists that get together in Kansas city every year. I did that one this year. That was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. It was very, it's a very cool con. Like it's very small. Like you get to meet up cause it's all about the fantasy artists. You know, mm-hmm. it's interesting cause it's the only con where it's not about the products we make. It's about the artists themselves. And, uh, um, right. You, there's a lot of interesting people there. like, uh, Brom goes like, if you're familiar with his work and, uh, um, there's guys like Paul Bonner and uh, uh, guys like you know Mark Schultz, and Darren Bader. And just all these like really awesome illustrator type dudes that, that go to that thing. Um, if you're familiar with Spectrum, the, there's a fantasy anthology that comes out every year called Spectrum. It's like a, it's kind of like a um, just a showcase for fantasy artists, and they, they give awards and all, all that kind of stuff. It's
2: a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah, Kansas City has a surprisingly rich convention kind of atmosphere or they foster yeah. a lot of good cons down there and you yeah. would that's not what i think of when i think of kansas city but they do
1: yeah i'd never been there but it was, it was super cool i'm definitely going back next year um i'd like to go to emerald city next uh, next year i missed it this year um i just missed the sign i would have gone but i missed the the deadline for uh, to get a t- table um but i want to do that uh next year and then um, i'll probably do all the a lot of uh, shows in
0: texas so when uh when I know you mentioned it earlier. When does Bedlam Bedlam come out?
1: Uh it's gonna be out uh September fifteenth. Awesome. Oh. Awesome. Soon. soon. Very soon. Yes, very soon. You will actually be able to pre order it here in a couple weeks. Um yeah, that's really the most I mean, it's it's really exciting. It's a it's a big opportunity for me because it's um it's a great showcase for my stuff and um, you know. So it's, it's a, you know, video games usually I think of them as like having a lot of people that work on them. But this is just me and one other artist and um, and a programmer mm-hmm. uh, and a couple friends of ours. We hired like a a, a friend of mine who did the, all the music for Gears of War is doing the music for us. And um, uh, another sound designer who uh, basically has worked on a ton of stuff here locally in Austin. A lot of games people, people probably played, but, you know, wouldn't recognize his, his name or anything. But he's a very, very talented guy. I'm Doing the sound for it, and then um, my writing partner is also working on it with me. And he's uh, he and I grew up together. We were actually were he wasn't one of the ninjas, but he was, <laughs> <laughs> he, was he was at the he was at my D and D table when we were kids. And now Bedlam is actually it's and uh, it's kind of a whole other tangent, but Bedlam is the game that we created when, when we were when we were like I would say we we started it when I was twelve. We kind of stopped playing it when I was uh, about eighteen or nineteen. But every weekend we would get together and we play this. Game which we called Dungeons and Dragons Road Warrior Outer Space type game, which just
4: <laughs>
1: shortened to dungeon. it just became shortened to DDR WST, and, uh, uh, and then over time we just called it DDR. And um, but uh, so that's the, that's the world that it's based in. And what's cool is he's doing all the writing for it too. Yeah, that's
3: awesome. So
1: yeah, it's kind of like the way the greatest thing about the project is that it means that when I was 11 years old, I started working on my first creative project, and it's now coming out
4: <laughs> and, and
1: 30 years later <laughs> everything in my life is that everything that is old is new again <laughs> i'm like i rejuvenated somehow it's like it's like oink and and Bethlehem. they're like two things from my childhood that are that have come back and have set me free
0: so Skyshine is your guys's company yes you're producing this game through is this
1: we did it on kickstarter uh, you can look it up on Kickstarter. Uh, if you look up uh, Skyshine or if you look up Bedlam, um, you'll you'll find us there. But um, yeah, we had about five, we had about five thousand backers. Uh, I was a really successful Kickstarter, uh, and um, that was about that was in September of last year.
0: Is this the first? Um, I guess like I, I indie creator owned type game you've worked on. Have you worked on other uh, other games like this, or was it mainly? Um, like doing work for other triple a titles before
1: it was all triple a title stuff beforehand i had my own independent studio for about a year um and uh here in austin that's what actually brought me to austin was uh i had um uh i'd gotten a, a third party publishing deal with ubisoft to do my own i guess you call it create our own uh project but it was back before kickstarter and um you know like what happens in a lot of the times with big Publishers, you know, things just at some point, you know, somebody wants to cancel the project because it's costing too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was no recourse for us. So our project got cut. Um, but the team that I worked on that with kind of stayed together. And we worked together in Austin, a lot of us, for the last 10 years. And then we just now, that's the other artists who I work with and the program are from that team. So it was great. We basically got the band back together after 10 years.
4: <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know, I know creator, creator owned isn't really the correct term for a video game. Um, no, it, it actually I it it is.
1: is. I actually use it in video games because I don't think people are aware of it. Like, we actually called our game Sky Shine's Bedlam because I wanted people to know the studio. I wanted people mm-hmm. to know who it was from. And it's ah. something that no other, I've never seen another game studio do that where it's like, you know, just, just put your name in the title like you would in a comic book. But in comics, it makes total sense. You know, you might be known as Hellboy or Frank Miller's 300 or whatever. It's like, well, if you make it singular, you know, it's like it's Sky Shines, Bethel. Mm-hmm. So that when we do it's another game, people know it's like Sky Shines this or Sky Shines that, you know. like
2: That's yeah. smart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a little bit like because, you know, nobody ever knows the studios. They just know the games. Like, you know, so if you put your, t- your name in the title, it's one of the smartest things I ever did with Oink because people knew how to find me years later you
0: know mm. right right was there anything else specifically you wanted to talk about let me
1: see we cover Teen modeling, we covered ninjas.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) Covered the games. I think we got. I think we got more than more than any other interview I've ever
0: given. (laughs) That was our goal. We specialize in tangents here. I'm just excited I was able to get both the ninja and the teen model story. That was good. That was done. (laughs) Now, of course, other other people are going to ask me about this.
1: So I hear that you're a teen model ninja. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your life as a teen model ninja.
4: <laughs> there could be a documentary. There, yeah. There's
1: some show there. There's something there with that. Like, I, like, like, uh, was it Eye Zombie? You know, that's like the the uh, uh-huh. my my current guilty pleasure is Eye Zombie. That's what I'm, I'm I'm I've been watching. I watched the first season of that, and every episode, I'm like, why do I watch this? What am I doing? This is like Veronica Mars um, <laughs> <laughs> with zombies. And so you could do you could do the Veronica Mars like ninja, you know, thing like. <laughs>
0: Yeah no yeah heartthrob dreamy teen he turns ninja. Oh, <laughs> yeah. ninja. Oh, I'm actually oh. amazed if that hasn't happened yet. That's because he has to. No,
1: yeah, no, because he has, to. he has no choice. He's been he has the he has like he is recruited by Show <laughs> Not
2: not Shokutsuji, You know, like oh man, CGI for that. We can do that.
1: You probably do a great ninja serial like that. That would be a lot of fun. Of course, you'd have to be fighting another clan of ninjas because you can't really go around killing people. That's not very cool. But you could fight another clan of ninjas.
2: I think the world's ready for this. I think so. <laughs> I think, so. I think
1: so. this is my this is my this is my year to do all kinds of random weird stuff like this. So maybe I might I might I might I might I might take you up on that. That and Hell's Butcher, Hell's Butcher, and, um, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get going on this uh, on this uh, this Teen Ninja uh, screenplay.
2: <laughs> awesome
1: I just need to do more podcasts
0: Because I'm going to come up with all kinds of great ideas <laughs> Oh yeah Do it, they'll just be thrilled to have like Some kind of part in it <laughs> You
1: know That is, again, not to to Talk too much about it But the greatest thing about crowdfunding that I love Is that I put all the backers into my stuff And so um, Like with Skyshine, all of the characters In, in Bedlam are backers and so, like, oh, when, you, cool. when, you, when you, you see them, if you look up screenshots of the game, you will see that they look like people. Like, those don't look like game, video game characters, and they are. They're actual
0: backers. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, that's, that's fun. That's like the i re- will donate to anything if you make me a character <laughs> in it. Come on. Hey. That's awesome. That's
0: that too. I
1: I love doing it, too. It was so much fun, you know, because I'd, I'd get a photo of them, and, and I'm really good at, like, kind of like, you know, like— bringing out the character in in, in the shot and make, making them the right kind of vibe for it. But they all came out great. I was super excited about them. I was like, why didn't I do this before when I was working in games, like in big games, you know, like, like, who, who cares about like this, you know, just sort of like this random faces that people make up, make them actual gamers, you know, people like that. Yeah, back- yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, there's a real opportunity that happened with that. And it was super cool. And. Yeah, we work with our backers pretty pretty heavily on like they actually made a lot of the content at the higher tiers. Like they're they're helping us with some pretty major content stuff right now.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. and that's the greatest thing. Like, I mean, I you know haven't worked on big budget games like you know just huge budgets with you just are so the the way that those projects work is, is that you're so isolated from your the the person who all ultimately you're making it for, um, that it's really not a very rewarding experience in that way. Like you don't get a lot of the fan involvement if you're on the development team, mm-hmm. um, until like much later, like if it's successful, if it comes out, if you're lucky enough to be the one of the guys that they say, yeah, you get to go to the conventions, you'll get to have some fan interaction. But with, uh, with Bedlam, you know, with crowdfunding, it's just great. Cause you get that fan interaction from, you know, day one. I didn't even like, say, I do not even like the word fan, just backer interaction yeah. You know
4: mm-hmm.
2: fans, fans
1: is a weird word I don't know. I don't it's know.
2: more like a community
1: yeah it's like I, I'm just like anybody else you know I just like, like nerdy cool stuff and that's what I like to do and I, I make video games and I make comic books and, and uh, I like to include other people in that process if I can because mm-hmm. cool. it's way more fun and it, it, this goes back to my my, my, my background as just like, like getting together with my friends every weekend making a table top game together was the most fun I ever had in my life you know sure and, and so I I feel like I've always tried to recreate that experience wherever I go so I'm always very open like people are like you know I want to invite them to the process so, you know like yeah let's let's like hey that hell's butcher idea let's 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 work on it you know like cool <laughs> like, let's, roll. let's uh, roll up a character yeah <laughs> you know it's just that's how great ideas start I think you know they start as just fun little conversational like hey that sounds cool yeah let's do it mhm
0: yeah i agree
1: of course uh, my, my wife will say yeah you say let's do it way too much because you're overcommitted on every front
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> i just get excited
0: but you yeah you want to do everything i want to do everything yeah i understand that yes i guess the other only other thing i wanted to ask was um has there been in there any you you mentioned? I Zombie a guilty pleasure. Has there? What else have you been enjoying lately? Like comics or TV shows or games, anything like that? What have, what have you been into?
1: Um, Let me see. Games have been you know sort of. I've been into like um, I sort. I'm you know I'm looking forward to the stuff that probably a lot of people are like Fallout this year uh, is okay. a big game that a lot of people are looking forward to. I'm currently playing Rocket League um, on my PlayStation Four. I love my PlayStation it's like the greatest game device ever made
3: is rocket league the like a uh, car soccer thing
1: yeah car soccer okay it's car oh. and it sounds totally ridiculous when you say it and until you play it, you're like oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
1: it's a lot of fun it's just it's just a quick like you know it's a fun distraction kind of game and um as far as like uh you know i I'm, I'm really pulling for uh, uh Shane pierce has an art book right now on kickstarter um I'm, I'm hoping he does really well with that. I love his work. He's kind of like, a, if you're not familiar with this, he's doing a project called Nomads, um, and it's his art book, and um, uh, his work is just really cool. And so I'm, I'm kind of trying to support his his thing. And, um, you know, I've really been getting into the, you know, there's I'm trying to think of other crowdfunding things that are going on right now that I'm, that I'm kind of, like, into. But I'm always kind of look, looking at what's going on with, uh, oh, uh, there's a project called Grenade. Which is pretty cool. Um, it's 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 happening right now as well, and that's um say his name is I forget his name, but
2: I really like the art, so that's kind of what I'm into at the moment. Awesome! Hey, can you throw some links at us? Yep. Uh, where can people find you? Uh,
1: so uh, obviously on, on Kickstarter, if you look for Oink, you will find him there, um, and you'll also I think we are going to do a uh, what they call a slacker backer, so people that may miss the campaign will still be able to go in and pick up some of the stuff. after. Afterwards, um, uh, for some period of time, I don't know how long we're going to offer that for, but it's probably going to be for maybe a month. Um, so people can still pick that up. Um, you can also find uh, sort of my permanent home on, on the the interwebs is uh, uh, bigpigink. dot com, which is b i g p i g i n k. dot and that's my personal website shop, sort of home base uh, that I that I that I do stuff on my blog that kind of thing. Nice. You can find my Twitter there and my, my Instagram. It's sort of, I have everything connected into that hub. I'm on, I do a lot of, I love Instagram. It's like one of my favorite things. I'm, I'm uh, John underscore Mueller on, on uh, Instagram. Thank you so much for having me on. This is uh, very cool to talk to y'all.
0: Yeah.
3: It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I don't think we've had a, you know, like a bad experience with a guest, Mm -mm. but um, this, this was pretty bad,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> but there's always
2: a first. But
0: this was god awful. No, 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 <laughs> no. Um, but you never really know what you're getting into when you go into one, and this has been fantastic.
3: Oh yeah, great, lots of fun.
0: Because I mean, obviously, we we wanted to focus on the stuff you're doing, um, but for the most part, this is totally conversation that I would sit and have with friends. So that's yeah, me too. I love those episodes. Mm-hmm. But yeah I, that's
1: what I, those are the podcasts that I love. I, I, I like it when people just start talking about stuff that I would talk about with my friends. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so. so it has definitely been a pleasure to have you on.
1: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you know help promoting my my project and um, you know, I uh, hope people check it out and uh, you know give it a look.
0: Thank you for listening to the Grawlix Podcast. The Grawlix Podcast is a production of Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. To hear more, visit GrawlixPodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast. And like us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Grawlix Podcast. All right. Well, again, thank you for being on. Uh, I'll include I'll include uh, the links if people don't remember uh, the links. There will be links in the show notes, mm-hmm. and yeah, awesome. We'll yeah. have to talk to you again. Yeah when, yeah,
3: when when you come out with more in like ten years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: right. oh, he what? said it. He said he it. <laughs> you guys will be on your thousandth episode.
1: <laughs> 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 and you be like. Hey, what are we doing now? Remember this crusty old dude.
3: <laughs> but no, really, I, said, I'm looking forward to every, he made everything. A second coming.
1: book, holy crap! You know, <laughs> <laughs> it on
2: finally did. <laughs> <laughs> Who? The, the and, he's, and he's a ninja now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he made Hell's Butcher,
1: and <laughs> yeah. From his hit show, Teen Ninja.
3: (laughs) 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 Oh, jeez.